And praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Well, we're going to talk today about the fact that Jesus is the way to healing. Amen. He is the way to healing. He is the way. Many times we uh, we think about uh, um, things, you know, uh, things that we take for granted sometimes, like the way to get somewhere. For instance, if you started out on the east side of Cleveland, the way to get to the healing school was to make your way somehow to Chagrin Boulevard and down here, and you made it here. So there is a way or a road. The, way, the word way also means road. There was a saying during the time of Jesus that said all roads lead to Rome. And that was because the Romans had conquered the known world. So they would build, if they conquered a, a country far away, they would begin to build a highway that would take them back to Rome. They had to go back to Rome and report to Caesar what they had accomplished. And so you found all these roads actually leading back to Rome, and it was true then. So they would always talk about the Roman way or the Roman road. In fact, in Christianity, we have a saying that we borrowed from them. Anybody ever use the Roman road to get somebody saved? Huh? Or Romans, you go to Romans 10, 9, and 10. And so that, amen. So the Christians would borrow things from the Romans. You know, borrowing stuff from the world is not new. We usually get it first anyway. But we can redeem stuff and claim it back, amen. And so that was one saying that they had back in the day. And it's continued as one of our church traditions. But when Jesus came along... People was all, were always talking about the Roman way. And so Jesus came up one day and said, I'm the way. Huh? Huh? I am the way. Saying like that always got him in a little bit of trouble. Huh? People accused him of wanting to overthrow Caesar's government. Caesar didn't have any government that God didn't allow. So Jesus knew fully who he was. You have to overthrow anyway, anything, because he was the king of kings and still is. Amen? So it's good to know that whenever we hear these little sayings, we have something in fact in the word of God that will give us an insight or understanding into who Jesus was describing himself as and where his power lies. So when he says, I am the way, what does that mean? It means that he, if you follow him and you take hands with him, and you obey him and you obey his word, you will find your way to anything you need in life and throughout eternity. He is the way to whatever you need that's good. He is the way to salvation. He is the way to healing. He is the way to prosperity. Anything you need in life, Jesus is the way there. He doesn't just prepare the way or provide the way. He is the way. So that means that he knows what you need. He's able and willing to give it to you. He'll empower you to get there and he'll handhold you all the way there. Now what more do you need? Huh? He says, I am the way. All you have to do is make contact with me and you'll get there. As the old folks used to say, don't let go of God's unchanging hand. Always hold his hand and don't let go of it. So when we begin to this journey or this walk of walking with Jesus to our healing, no walk with God can be accomplished without faith. 
And faith is the empowerment that Jesus gives you to receive whatever you need. We all know the scripture. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. And so whenever we hear the word of God, faith is coming out to us. That's why you're here now. When you heard that there was going to be a healing meeting, that faith is what brought you this far. And Jesus is here. He brought you here. And when you get here, he has more faith to take you the rest of the way until you receive what you need from him. That's the process. So that's why you got to keep up with Jesus and make contact with him for anything you need. The first act of faith we need is to believe that we receive when we pray. If you want to turn to Mark 11 and verse 22. Jesus said, have faith in God. Faith in God. Take your faith out of whatever it was, out of the natural. Put it over into God. It's a very simple act. All you have to do is make the decision that I'm not going to believe I'm sick. I'm going to believe I'm the healed of the Lord and get on the road with Jesus and get there. Amen. He said, believe you receive when? When you pray. That's very important. If you're believing to see something before you believe, you're not believing in God. And Jesus showed it right here. He had cursed a fig tree and the disciples, the day before, and the disciples were uh, kind of amazed that it had withered up already. And Jesus said, well, I didn't do it just by natural speaking. I did it by faith in God. And he says, have faith in God. For verily I say to you, whoever shall say to this mountain, mountain of sickness, mountain of the evil report, mountain of negative words and negative test results that the doctors have given you, this mountain that stands between you and perfect wholeness, And perfect activity in your life. Speak to that mountain to be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his. That's where faith resides. Is in your heart. Your head can be so confused. One minute you're on the mountaintop, next minute you're in the valley, all on the same minute. So pay no attention to your head. What do you have in your heart? That's where you hide the word. If you hide the word in your heart, then God is able to do for you what the word inside of you says he's going to do. So when he says, if you tell it to be removed and cast into the sea and not down in your heart, but believe That those things that you say about your healing, about your body, will come to pass. You can have whatever you say. So it's more in the believing and the saying than it is what the doctors say. It's amazing. You can go to one doctor one time and it will totally turn your life around. And we come to church every Sunday, every week. Well, I ain't going to go there. We ain't going there today. I don't have time. But you know what I'm talking about. We'll take man's word over God's word many times. Huh? We're so focused on people sometimes. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. 
Huh? So that's why we need to stay connected with God through praise, through worship, through meditating on the word. Stay connected with him and guard the faith that's in your heart. But he says if you believe, you receive when you pray, you'll have it. And the next one is real important. Because this will stand in the way of your healing if you let it. If you have anything against anybody, forgive. So your Father in Heaven will forgive you. huh? So you want to stand righteous before God. And when you're righteous, nothing can stop the blessings of God from coming towards you. You'll find that the devil will put people in your path to get you upset, get you crazy, get you nervous, all that kind of stuff. But as many times as that comes up, you say, Father, I forgive them. And devil, you're not going to stop me from I see you. You ain't going to stop me from getting this. Amen. And so as we go down the road with Jesus to our healing, our first step is to pray and ask him for what we want. Believe we receive it when we pray. Now, believing has nothing to do with feelings. Believing is an act of, of just accepting that word, accepting God's word, accepting God's decree. You are healed by a law. You're not healed by feel. You're not healed by medicine. You're not healed what they say. You're not healed by what the doctors say. You're healed by law. And the Bible says that if you diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God and do that which is right in his sight. Anybody obeying God around here? And believe his commandments and keep all of his rules. He'll put none of these diseases. So disease really is not for you. Huh? Huh? It's not for you. It's for them thugs out there. And you know what? If a thug will believe Jesus, he'll heal him too. Huh? Jesus is much more interested in doing you good than letting you pay for your little no-nos. Huh? You know, Paul said nothing can separate us from the love of God. You can't separate yourself from the love of God. Huh? You know, people, you'll see people let the devil condemn them because of the life they've led. Huh? And they get an illness based on lifestyle. They call them lifestyle illnesses. Well, I got news for you. All of it's lifestyle. Huh? <laughs> and most of us dodged a bullet so many times. Huh? I like that rap song that we play sometimes, Mercy. Because he talks about all the different times that, you you know, you thought it was you, but it was God's mercy that followed you. Honey, you were shooting up and your buddy went to the morgue and you still living and you got saved is because of God's mercy. Amen. So all sickness is lifestyle sickness. Sickness is a result of sin, period. Huh? You know, don't, let, don't make the drug addict and the homosexual feel bad because they got AIDS. Huh? We got stuff, too. Uh, we're just smart enough to make it on into the church so it don't manifest Uh, so we're all living by god's mercy nobody's living by works around here amen but we praise god for it because he let us know what we're entitled to so there's a law that says "Uh uh-uh illness is illegal for the saints of god huh 
If the doctors have given you a negative diagnosis, that's an illegal diagnosis in your life, honey. Totally illegal. Huh? And I'll tell you why. The Bible says, now it's important to make contact with Jesus, who is our healer. I said before, he owns healing. Huh? You know, he owns it. Now, I ain't talking about own it like, own it, own it, own it, own it. Huh? You know, you guys, before you can even get here with a message, the devil had already messed people's heads up. Huh? Jesus owns healing because he bought and paid for it. Huh? Anything you bought and paid for, you own. Huh? He owns healing. It's his total possession. So when they came to Jesus, the healer, they went to the owner of healing. Now, in, in um, Matthew 8, why don't you turn there for me? I'll show you. In Matthew chapter 8. In verse 16, it says, when the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were, they brought these people to him. Why would they bring them to Jesus? They didn't take them to the Pharisees. They didn't take, well, they tried that already. They didn't have nothing. You got me? They know nothing. Huh? They brought many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out spirits with his word. And healed all that were sick. Why? That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, He himself took illness from us. He took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Now that puts him in the category of a sacrifice. Whenever there was the people of Israel had to get atonement for their sins, they would bring a sacrificial animal, a lamb that was perfect. No spots, no blemishes, nothing. The best. And that was a picture of Jesus who would come as a sinless man. So that we know he's not paying for his own sin. He's paying as a substitute. So he paid as a substitute and he paid as a man. He paid as a sinless man whom God was looking for without spot or blemish, who would go as a lamb goes to the slaughter, not fighting death, not protesting, not struggling, but laying down his life willfully for the sins of others. That's what he did. So when he laid down his life and he took a beating, he bought and paid for healing, period. He owns it. That's how he owns it. He bought and paid for it. See, if they had put that just on an animal, the animal would not be able to have heirs to pass it on to. So he paid for it as a man. A man can have heirs. Many seed. Whoever speaks the name of Jesus and repents of their sin is his seed. So he can put, he can give us Healing as an inheritance. So if he owns it, we own it. Huh? Because we're joint heirs with Christ of all things. 
Now, a joint heir means that you have it just as much as he does. See, we're too busy trying to find cosigners. I think that's what messes up. We, we, we don't have enough heirs around here. We got too many people in debt looking for a cosigner. Isn't that right, sister? A joint heir is totally different than a cosigner. Huh? Because if I co-sign for something for you, and you default on it, I'm turning you in. I'm telling you, yeah, you call her yet? You better tell her I'm mad at her too. She better pay that bill. Huh? And back in the day, I would have sent my boys by to reinforce the message. Co-sign. Don't ask me to co-sign no more. Isn't that right? Didn't we, didn't we all get enough of co-signing for people? The Bible says he who makes surety with anybody is a fool. Huh? <laughs> but we do it anyway. Huh? Now you can do it in God's grace because sometimes you can help some kids. You know, parents, when they co-sign, that's just as good as saying, I'm going to pay for it. You might as well go and give. But you do that so they, they can get the feeling of being responsible a little bit. Huh? But Jesus doesn't want us have to have that feeling of being responsible. That's why he calls us joint heirs. That's like a marriage. Honey, that's the best marriage you're going to ever have. If I may digress for a moment. Everybody think I'm picking up my poor husband because he's gone. He's happy. He's with the Lord. But I can tell the truth. Not he up there in heaven. He can't come down here and do nothing. Huh? But I considered whatever that whatever came to the house with his name on it was the same as mine, huh? Except the bills. I hereby protest and disavow any responsibility for any bills that come in that man's name, in mine too. <laughs> I'm trying to get him to pay them. But it's better than a marriage, huh? Because whatever belongs to him belongs to you. And he says, all you got to do is believe me for it, sweetheart. I'll give it to you. Huh? With my husband, I had to wrestle and find where it was and go through the shoes and the pockets. You know, it's work up in that. <laughs> so everybody's stunned. Everybody back there, people back there is stunned. What'd she do? Huh? Now we did on a firearm, but it was kept locked up for our mutual for our mutual protection. <laughs> huh? But I wasn't above throwing a gun up that brother's nose and soon. I mean, if it came to that, never did, because I used my faith. Praise our Lord. Praise God. Praise our Lord. I'm back. Normal. Okay. Oh, hallelujah. Huh? But but you girls know how it is. See, in, in a marriage there's some withholding. And there's some seeking and searching out to be done. Huh? You know, that's how you survive. <laughs> Even though you really are legitimately joint heirs with them, you still got to go through the head. To, you know, if you're going to be right with God, you know, go through the head. You know, the biggest mistake that man ever made was telling me, I don't give nobody all my money. I said, oh, there's some I don't know about. 
Lord, show me where it is. Show me. Show me where it is. <laughs> Get my cut. <laughs> huh? There's work involved. Work. Work. Thank you. But in the kingdom, there's a work of faith. That's right. Write that down, Sharon. You're going to need that, honey. Trust me. Trust me. You're going to need it. But in the kingdom, there's the work of faith to be done. And your only labor is to do one thing, as that is incline your ear. Just stretch your ear out when God's word is spoken, read, or preached. Incline your ear to his sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart because they are life to those that find them. And medicine, healing, and health to all your flesh. There is no flesh that Jesus the healer will not heal. No flesh. He heals all flesh. I had one of the ladies in the ministry in Detroit her kids have a pet rabbit, uh, and they, <laughs> this is a crazy rabbit, he lives right there in the house. They've even taught the, the rabbit how to play dead when they go bang, <laughs> Ralph the rabbit. Yeah. So the kids love him. He say, bang, Ralph, <laughs> and he flies <laughs> off play dead. <laughs> so, so they love Ralph. And so uh, the mom came home one day and said Ralph was, was not breathing, and they began to pray for him. And she began to pray and ran out, took him to the vet, and Ralph woke up on the way to the vet's office. You got it? Why? Because the word of God heals all flesh. Amen. He's a healer of all flesh. So if he'll heal a rabbit, he'll heal. You're worth more than many rabbits, folks, honey. Trust me. He will definitely heal you. So Jesus took on our infirmities, which means he took them away from us. Legally, they are taken away from you. That means the devil has no legal right to put sickness on you. Well, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what he did. What he did outdid what you did. Every single time. Huh? What he did outdid what you did. So if the devil has sickness on anybody, he's breaking the law. Huh? Because that sickness, that penalty has been paid for already. The debt that you incurred with all of your sin has been paid for by what Jesus did. Now you got to believe that in order to receive anything from God. You got to believe that it's wrong for the devil to put sickness on you. It's wrong for you to be sick. It's not right for you to be sick. It's wrong. Huh? If you killed somebody, say, for instance, you just, you know, unfortunately was a murderer, like Moses. You know, some of God's best people started out that way. So, you know, it's not something we encourage people to do. (laughs) But say, for instance, you went to trial for it and there was not enough evidence for a conviction. Hmm? See, in, in legal courts, they go by evidence, folks. They don't go by public opinion. Huh? There have been too many public opinion trials and not enough, enough evidence trials. You know how I know? 
because God's devised a way now. There are so many people on waiting lists for this, this program called the Innocence Project. You remember Barry Sheck, O.J. Simpson's lawyer, one of his lawyers, many lawyers. Cause you a lot of money to get out of trouble sometimes. But if there's not enough evidence, there's not enough evidence for a conviction. Well, he have, they have started a free project for prisoners who are incarcerated, and they are finding that many people, when they take their cases, are wrongfully convicted by public opinion. Huh? But in God's court, we don't go by public opinion. Now, public opinion could be that once you get cancer, you might as well write it off. Huh? I don't care how much money they raise for it. Many people will die of it because there's no natural cure for it. There are some things that may put off dying if you survive the treatment. Huh? And so in, in, in public opinion, the court of public opinion, it may be that whatever illness you have, diabetes, many people think that it's going to take them down. Eventually you will die from this because there's no cure for it. So that's the court of public opinion. But public opinion has nothing to do with the law of heaven and the council of heaven. Amen? The council of heaven has decreed that man shall not live under the curse of the law once he's redeemed from the curse of the law. You were bought out of sickness because Jesus owns healing. He owns sickness too. There are many things that we do that other people can get sick from, and we don't get it. Huh? He said, none of these diseases that I put on the Egyptians are for you. I'm the God. I heal you. I heal my people. I don't make them sick. Huh? Sickness comes from God indirectly because of the broken law. The Bible says the soul that sins shall die. But if you're trusting Jesus in the pardon of your sins, you shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. So death is not for us a second time. Sickness is not for us. Poverty is not for us. None of the curse of the law is for us because we are redeemed. So when Jesus took sickness on his body, he took it as a substitute and as a man. As a man, he was raised up. As a man, he paid for it, for all of his heirs. The Bible says we're heirs and joint heirs with Christ of all things. The Bible says that God owns everything. Cattle on a thousand hills belongs to him. The people of God are the final heirs of everything in this earth. Huh? I say we get some of it now. What do you think? Huh? We get our abundance now. We get our blessings in the now. huh? We are joint heirs with Christ of all things that pertain to life and godliness. So we have it all, folks. Anything that pertains to life, we are heirs of it. We inherit it. That means we can draw from it anytime we want to. huh? I was watching a golf channel. I don't know why. I was looking at, you know, Donald Trump is buying condemned golf courses now and refurbishing them. But his uh, oldest son, I noticed how this boy was walking around behind his dad all the time. But while he was walking, he was looking real like he was somebody. You know, he's already training himself to take over that position one day when dad gives him the full reign. But guess what? We have ours now. 
We are joint heirs. That means whatever Jesus has, we have it freely. Amen. We have it in abundance. We have it. You don't get healed just one time and then he's done with you. Well, I got healed a long time ago. Well, get healed all the time. Live in divine health. Amen. Live free from all kinds of cares and burdens and worries because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. So he owns healing because he himself took infirmity from us and he bore our sicknesses. That's why you can't have a sick day. You can't go out on sick leave. Huh? Because there's no sickness for you. Huh? Why, why do you think now, you know, now in workplaces, mostly now, they used to have sick days where you had to be sick. and made liars out of most of us and brought the curse on many of us. Now they call them personal days. You know why? To help the saints out so we don't have to lie to get a, huh? So you don't have to. Huh? But you got to be careful about your supernatural faith in this too. And I'm saying this to people who are, are comfortable lying. Huh? Both in the natural in heaven and under the earth. Huh? Because you can give infirmity per- permission to live in your life by doing that. So you got to stop that. Man? And just tell them, hey, I took a day off. I ain't got no doctor's card either (laughs) you know forgive me or whatever you do or take the penalty but get up and go to work okay because you're healthy and able-bodied well people go to work every day amen praise god if you need a day off god will give you a legitimate reason to get a legitimate day it'll snow or something in the middle of january or, or july so you can get a day off but cut that out huh don't give place to the enemy But you're a joint heir with Christ of all things. So as a man, Jesus, we said, paid the price and he owns healing since he took the punishment for it in his own body. Took the punishment for sickness, weakness, and sin. He also owns salvation. He paid the price for that. So Jesus regulates in these areas. He says, I am the way. I regulate who gets healed, how they get healed, who gets saved, how they get saved. But we all know that everybody who comes by faith to him will not be turned down. You will always get what you desire. So the first step really is to believe you receive when you pray. And we said that. Next, Jesus comes and walks alongside of you. To guide you on the road till you get your total healing. Now when you first pray, you get the word of healing on the inside of you. You get the decree that you are set free from the bondage of sickness. So it's been decreed. The council of heaven has judged you innocent. Amen. Of all crimes, all sins, all everything you are forgiven. And you are righteous before God. So you have a perfect right to everything and anything you need from the Lord. No works, just believe. Suppose your faith gets weak. Then Jesus will come alongside of you and give you a word to strengthen your faith. 
He keeps it strengthened until the day you receive it fully where you get all doubt washed out of you, all fear washed out of you, all the negative thoughts washed out of you, all the evil report washed out of you, all the doctor's tests washed out of you. The word has to, to affect those things because if it doesn't, you can still have doubt creeping into your heart when you go out to reach for it. And doubt will tell you it doesn't belong to you. That's all doubt is. Doubt's a slap on your hands when you go to reach for something from God. And so that has to be taken out. That's why I tell people, I said, just keep listening to the word. Well, how long? Till you get healed. Don't you want to be healed? Huh? That's as crazy as somebody saying, how long am I married? Till death do you part. I caught you in here. You better not be thinking nothing like that. I catch him says, I caught him, did I? I got him, honey. Hey, that's right. How long till you get it? Didn't you ask for it? Don't you believe you're going to get it? Once faith takes hold, you really could care less about time. Huh? I mean, real Bible faith. And when you care less about time, time kind of speeds up. Huh? It speeds up when, you don't, when you're not concerned about it. So I'm going to give you a rigid example here. We're going to go through this example. It's in Mark chapter 5, so you don't have to go far. We're talking about Jesus is the way to healing and how he will give you faith at every step of the way. Don't ever get concerned about how much faith you have. Just put into operation the faith that you do have. Huh? Just use what you do have. Step out on what you do have. Faith is not only an internal thing, but it's an external thing. Faith is always an action. There's always some corresponding action to your faith when you believe God. For many people, it's merely getting to a meeting like this. And after you get into the meeting, your faith can snowball and get very, very big and big enough for your total healing to manifest in sickness to leave your body. So in Mark chapter 5, we see the example here of this man who is coming to have his daughter healed. And we'll start in verse 21. Mark 5:21. When Jesus was passed over again by ship and to the other side, many people or much people gathered unto him and he was near to the sea. And behold, there comes one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. Now that's a big deal for a Pharisee, you got it? For a ruler of the synagogue to worship the true son of God. He, he was fired. He knew he was fired immediately when that was done. Because right? religion always fights the power of God. I make no mistake about it. Sometimes that's why it takes some people so long to make up their minds to ask God for healing. Religion will come in. Did you do this enough? Did you do that? Well, look at what you do. You, you, you've been smoking all your life. Or you did this all your life. Or you didn't do that right. Or you didn't eat right. And you did that. Well, nobody did. Huh? Man, you go through enough ups and downs in your life, you'll be fat, skinny, big, tall. Huh? Well, some people believed it. Huh? Oh, the skinny people say amen anyway. Amen. Huh? 
So anyway, behold, there comes one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. When he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, Now this man really wants his daughter to be healed. There's nothing wrong with asking God greatly. Huh? I mean, with blubbering tears and crying down and all that kind of that ain't unbelief. And that ain't, that's just pouring your heart out to God. You want something bad, you you let it all hang out. And he says here, and he besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay hands on her, that she may be healed and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him, thronging him. Now, whenever Jesus went anywhere, there was a big crowd because of the anointing. The anointing is what draws the crowd. And so as he went, all these people followed him. And a certain woman that had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians, spent all she had and was not better but rather grew worse. And that's usually the way it goes, folks. That's usually the way it goes. At, At some point, the doctors won't be able to do anything for you. Natural medicine won't be able to do anything for you. And he says, when she heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment, for she said, if I might but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. Now, faith speaks different things to us. The spirit of faith will tell you where to go, when to go, to release your faith for your healing to manifest. When you get before the minister, you have to obey the instruction because they've heard from God and will tell you what you need to do to release your faith to get from here to there. Healing is always one step away. It's always one step away. If it's a step to the altar, it's one step away. If it's a step through that front door, it's one step away. If it's a step in this room, it's one step away. You got me? You're healed every step of the way. And Jesus walks with you at every step and is healing you little bit by little bit, a dose at a time. It happens that way. For most people, it's a dose at a time. We don't recognize it that way. Because when it comes, everybody rejoices, and we think that's the first time they've ever prayed about it, thought about it, anything. But you'll find even at a Benny Hinn meeting, there are people who've been there many times. Uh, but Jesus brought them there every time they came. Uh, it wasn't, they didn't miss anything. They got what they could get by the proportion of faith that they could extend and they could receive in their hearing. Uh, So here we've got a multitude following Jesus. This woman says in herself, I don't need him to touch me. I had enough doctors touching me. I had enough of being probed, prodded. He said, she said, maybe if I touch somebody else for a change, I'll get what I want. Maybe if I can reach out. And extend my hand and extract what I need from him. I've been going to doctors for years. 
They give me this, give me that, touch me here, touch me there. No man's touch has ever healed me. Maybe I need to touch somebody else. Don't be touching me. I'll touch somebody for a change. Amen. And that's what she did. She set the conditions for her healing. The other reason is that because she was not supposed to be out among people. Because a woman who had an issue of blood, if you're bleeding and not stopped, you were considered to be unclean and you couldn't be out among people. So she feared, hmm, devil, you can't stop me with that. You can't stop me with that. You can't stop me with that. And you can't stop me with that. When you get to the point where you make up your mind that nothing can stop you from getting it now, then you'll have it now. So here's a man that's already come up to him, and he's on his way somewhere. And this lady sees him leaving, and she's walking behind him, and she just reaches down and grabs that and gets healed. See, you can get your healing on the fly. You can think it's too late, and then at the 11th hour, you can reach out and touch him with your faith. Huh? And get it. Whenever you make up your mind, it's now, it's now, honey. Trust me. Because the Holy Ghost is with you for now. All the time. All the time. All the time. The Holy Spirit will never tell you, you got to do this first. He'll never tell you, you got to take a certain supplement. Or you got to take certain herbs. Or you got to take certain. Huh? I never saw Jesus at none of his healing means said, go and come back after you take this prescription. He don't need help from doctors. You need him to help the doctor so the doctor don't mess you up. Huh? I mean, if you go on that route, you got to pray over everything. I mean, <clears throat> have you ever seen the side effects? Now that medicine has gotten so competitive, they got to tell you everything about the pills on the TV. Huh? They go pumping it up and, you know, showing people doing this and doing that after they take it. Well, these pills can cause what I said, well, who would want to take that? They sold you and then unsold you all in one commercial. I'm thinking, well, that killed that for me. You know, I, huh? Huh? You got to bless. You got to pray over. The Bible says that he'll bless your bread and water and take sickness from the midst. You got to bless your pills. I'm serious. Huh? Side effects are the curse. You know the devil's sneaky. He wants to curse you any kind of way he can. Get you to the point where you just got to take the pill in order to feel better, to keep going, or so you don't, you know, keel over and can make it through a day's work. And then he'll tell you, well, if you take take my stuff, you got to take this too. Huh? The devil don't heal nobody, folks. Jesus owns healing. The devil don't heal nobody. The only thing he'll do is deceive you and try to sneak a curse in on you. You take something. You go to surgeons. They'll tell you, well, we don't guarantee anything. I said, well, what am I doing here? Huh? They got all these papers you sign. You look at the bottom of them papers. You can't sue nobody. You can't demand nothing. You can't stand on nothing. You don't have a leg to stand on. I'd rather take this and let Jesus, who owns it, walk with me into my healing than to sit there and listen to that nonsense. 
I said, well, brother, maybe I need to pray for you. Let's switch places up in here because I know the healer. I own healing because I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Huh? We better get it right, y'all. Huh? We better get it right. Now they're trying to crowd everybody onto insurance. You got me? It's going to be so crowded, you ain't going to be able to get in nobody's office for years. It'll be just like it is up in Canada and in Europe. Huh? It's the truth. Y'all have to clap if you don't want to. (laughs) It's all them unbelievers. Huh? The medicine's terrible. Can I make a confession here? I feel I have to do it just to. (laughs) But right after my husband passed away, I went through a period of just, you know, you don't feel good. You don't want to do nothing. Wasn't sure I wanted to live until I got a bladder infection. Uh Then all of a sudden, (laughs) sickness for real. (laughs) When you're feeling sorry for yourself, you play around with that idea. But when it hits you for real, then we got wars on. That woke me up. And uh, generally, I fast. I do a bread and water fast for healing. And I kept forgetting to do the water. And I said, ah, let me, I got to get some little pills. I remember last time I went to a doctor. That had been 15 years before that. They gave me this one pill. I th- maybe took two, and it was gone. I said, ooh, I got to get that. So I called somebody I knew. And they were under the Canadian health system. That lady bought me medicine that they used in 35 years. It takes 14 days, 55 gallons of water to even work. I said, you know what? I think I go back to my word. I get back in the word real quick, honey. Got way back in my Bible. And I said to myself, (laughs) but that's the public health system in countries where they have everybody can get on it. They give you the cheapest, the slowest working. So I'm telling you, we might as well get on the word, saints. We might as well stand on our rights and privileges because we own healing just like Jesus owns healing. He said that believers will lay hands on the sick and that they shall recover. So you can affect your own healing. You can lay hands on yourself if if it so moves you. You can come to meetings like this where it's much easier to get healed than it is in your own bedroom. But Jesus is with you every step of the way in your healing. So once this man makes contact with Jesus, Jesus, because he owns healing... If we're following Mark 11:23, this man should have believed he received when? When he asked Jesus. So at that point, Jesus then begins to undertake for him. So Jesus owns this whole situation from this time forward. That's what you got to believe about when you, in a minute you ask for your healing, and you believe you receive when you pray, then Jesus has it already for you. And from then on, it's up to him to make sure that you follow every step until you get the total impartation of your healing, until you're satisfied. Until you're 
Now, what satisfies you? I can't get no. What satisfies you? For some people, a partial. Think about it. Why do we quit before we get? He's still there holding on to it for you. Oh, they done pronounced you dead already. Well, he's still holding on to it. Which we'll see in a minute. Ain't none of y'all dead yet. Y'all even close to dead. (coughs) We just get satisfied with too little. Huh? This is not like food that you can overeat on. Huh? Now, you know, don't eat the whole enchilada, especially if it's over your daily calorie limit because you're going to pay for that. But this food, you can eat more and more and more and more and more and more and more. You can't get too fat on the word of God. You can't overdose on the word of God. You can't get too much healing word on the inside of you. So keep eating and eating and eating and eating. Give your full attention to the word of God when it's preached. Keep eating and eating and eating the word of God. Don't be satisfied with just feeling good every now and then. Don't be satisfied with an alleviation of your symptoms because of what some doctor gave you. Huh? It's going to run out. The effectiveness of it is going to run out at some point or may run out at some point. So be hard to satisfy in this situation. Don't be satisfied with a little bit or just feeling a little better. Get satisfied when that thing's gone. Treat sickness like an enemy and it will flee. If you resist, if you submit to God and resist the devil, he must flee from you. So then Jesus went with him. This woman comes up behind him and touches him. For she said, if I might touch his clothes, I'll be whole. So on the way to healing this little girl, he gets interrupted by somebody who wants it now. Now where do you stand? You want it one day? When he can get there, you want it now? If you want it now, he'll stop and give it to you now. It just depends on what you want. You own it just like he owns it. Huh? The spirit of faith is working in you, telling you, go a little step further, go a little step further, stretch your faith out a little bit more, push the doubt out of your mind, push out what you've been told. And he says, she touched him and she said, verse 28, if I may by touch his clothes, I'll be whole and straight away, the fountain of bright away immediately. She said the condition, she said, if I touch him, I'm whole. You can set the condition. When the preacher touches me, I'm whole. You can set the condition. When I lift my hand and and praise him, I'm whole. You set the condition, whatever you want. You felt the power of God. You know if you can get into it a little bit deeper, there's something else in there to it for you. And he says, she says, I can be made whole. And straight away, her blood stopped. She felt in her body that she was healed. When you're healed, you know it. There's a spiritual awareness inside of you 
and you know that you're healed. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned around in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And this guy, the ruler of the synagogue, is going, first he was biting his nails. Now he done bit the first knuckle. Huh? Because this guy's on a time crunch. Because the minute he went up there, the devil started working him. You waited too long. Huh? Why'd you wait so long? You've been knowing about Jesus ever since he started this ministry. Huh? What, what kept you? And your, your daughter. What kind of parent are you? What kind of father are you? Letting your little girl suffer like this. I mean, you make a move toward God and he starts, honey. He starts. And so he says, he always tells you it's too late. Huh? Always tells you it's too late. But when Jesus, that man, first asked Jesus, he healed that daughter. Jesus had her healing right there in his hand. Huh? And so he says, he, the, uh, the disciples, where am I at? Who touched my clothes? He stops. He's got to talk to this lady. Why has he got to talk to this lady? She's healed already. She knew within herself. She knew within herself she was healed. Why is he talking to her? He's talking to her for him. He's talking to her for him. Oh, y'all think y'all the only ones who can multitask? You think multitasking started with... Huh? He never forgets what he's doing for this man while he's doing what he's doing for her. Don't y'all ever forget it. Anything he talks about in a healing service where you are is for you. Don't ever get impatient and think it's taking too long. Well, God, you should have healed me. I got to be somewhere at so-and-so. It's for you. Because we don't know what we need. Jesus knows what we need. And he's with you every step of the way from the day you believe you received when you prayed. And the devil's been asking you, well, if you, if you received it, how come you're still sick? I'm not sick. I'm healed. Huh? Are you talking about legalities, devil, or are you talking about symptoms? Are you talking about feelings? I'm beyond feelings. I'm in the kingdom. The kingdom is not a feeling place, folks. We're beyond feelings in the kingdom. Huh? We don't live by feelings in the kingdom. If we did, nobody would have got up this morning and got here. It's a Saturday and the malls are open. Are you kidding me? The kingdom is beyond feelings all the time. It's got to be. You know, when you you start praying for, for your kids to get saved, your feelings will get so hurt by the way they act. But the kingdom is beyond feelings, honey. We don't, we're not moved by feelings, emotion. We're not led by huh? We're not led by that. We're led by the Spirit of God. God, we're led by the Spirit of joy and anticipation and faith and expectation. We live by those spiritual fruit, and they're beyond feelings, folks. They're beyond feelings. 
And so this woman, he starts ministering to this woman the things that this man needs to hear. He says, your faith has made you whole. And this man hears it. And Jesus is telling him, your faith is going to make your daughter whole. Rulers of synagogues had a little thing, a little hierarchy of who could speak to who and who could teach who and who could. That man had heard enough secondhand about Jesus to believe that much. But Jesus knew when he went in the synagogue to teach, that man wasn't sitting down there listening to him. So here you got a religious person that knows zip about the real word. And it's got a lot of religion in him. He believes his daughter can only be healed, not raised from the dead. And Jesus is about to blow his mind. Don't ever tell, think you're in charge of how your life goes once you belong to God. He may not hold handhold you through a sickness. Like he did Job. Job had lost everything but his life. Lost his kid. Well, his, his wife and his life. You son of a gun. Wife, life. <laughs> but those were the two things he had. And then the wife kind of turned on him. You know. But what did God say to Job when he, he didn't have a handhold Job. Through 38 chapters, Job whined and cried. And his friends whined and cried and lied. And God got sick of it. He said, get up out that bed. Then he said, array yourself like and put on some clothes. Act like you're healed before you're healed. Act like you're well before you're well. That's how faith works. You put yourself through the motions of being healed before you're healed. That lady with the issue of blood got out there and she was among people. That meant she thought within herself, I'm healed. And she started acting like she was healed anyway. She didn't go all the way because she didn't want people to push her out of the way. But she crawled around down on that ground and grabbed the hem of his garment. She said, I got it now. huh? And nobody can take it away from me. I'm not waiting for nobody to give me nothing. I'm taking what I need. Amen. And Jesus will let you take what you need too. So Jesus looked around and saying, who touched me? She fell down and told him all the truth, confessed. I wasn't supposed to be here, and I was, but I got my healing. Why? Because Jesus is above the Old Testament law. Faith is above the law. And he said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. In other words, you know, you're above all these crazy laws we had to set up to teach you all right from wrong. He said, you got it. It's a matter of faith and nothing else. And she, he said, go and be, go in peace, be whole of your plague. While he yet spoke, now here's the devil. Hmm? This man's people have been at his house watching the sick child. Huh? Nobody's praying. Nobody's looking for a miracle. 
Jesus had disciples that could have gone and ministered to that little girl. But they got they got a house full of people there waiting. They ain't waiting in faith. And they're not waiting for Jesus to come. You can tell by the way they act when he got there. Be careful who you allow around you when you're believing God for a miracle. Huh? Because they couldn't wait to get there and tell that man that girl had died. Huh? People don't run that fast with good news. You get a blessing, you tell 15 people, and I bet nobody else, they don't tell another soul. Hmm. Think she always bragging about what God does for me. God can do stuff for me, too. You know how people are. But you let some bad news, and it's all... Huh? Before you can get out the door, it's a spread all around. Verse 35, while he was yet speaking, yet speaking, while Jesus is yet trying to encourage your faith, while you are on the road with Jesus to your miracle, the devil will send somebody to you to tell you you can't have it. So they send somebody there, shut the door to this little girl's healing. And it says, while trouble you, verse 35, while, while he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house a bunch of people. When it says certain of them, ah, it's a bunch of them, gang of people. Your daughter's dead. Don't trouble him anymore. Huh? Your daughter is now dead. Why are you troubling the master? And as soon, see, Jesus is on the case. As soon, as soon, as soon, that's why Jesus is the way to healing. He's with you on that road to healing every step of the way. As soon, this is like Avis, lean over and say something. Hey, don't listen to her. You got it? As soon as that lie came out of that man's mouth, not that you tell lies, Avis, you see. Huh? Jesus corrects it. He cuts it right off. He nips it in the bud. It says, as soon as that word came out of that man's mouth, don't trouble the master any longer. Huh? She's already dead. Let's go home. We done cooked up a bunch of fried chicken. We got mourners at the house. We got it all set up for the funeral. Huh? What did Jesus tell him? As soon, verse 36, as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, don't be afraid, only believe. Only. In other words, just have faith and not doubt. Have faith and don't put some kind of works with it. Have faith and don't say it's going to happen tomorrow or the next day. Have faith for now. He said, don't be scared, just believe. So what he did was the faith that that man had for that healing. Jesus felt it leaving him. Because Jesus feels faith. He sees faith. That's how he gets to us to do what we want. He sees our faith. And Jesus sees this man's faith leaving. And he tells him, don't be afraid. Only believe. 
Just keep believing. Don't let go of your faith for your daughter to be well. So Jesus then goes with him further. Jesus starts out with him on his way for the daughter to be healed. He gets interrupted. She dies. He comes to the house in verse 38. And he suffered no man to follow him. He threw the crowd back. Crowds are good and bad. There's faith. There's unbelief. There's people playing. There are people coming to find a husband. Coming to find a wife. Coming to get a hookup. All them devils get back. Uh-huh. And a crowd of a multitude is two people there for the right thing. Go figure. They made all them devils stay right where they were. So y'all stay here. This ain't for you. I'm done with y'all. The sermon's over. Go home. No, I'm not multiplying no food today. Go home. He took Peter, James, and John. People that would be obedient to what he told them to do. And would have faith. And also, they need to learn a little something. Everybody can learn a little something from the master. Verse 38, he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue. Saw a bunch of people. Tumult. I wouldn't doubt that it was some tricklers, some stragglers from the multitude he just told to go home. They kind of sneaked in there and joined the mourners. Crowds just go along with the crowd, folk. They can work both, both ends of the angle. And he said he saw them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was coming in, he said to them, Why are y'all making up all this noise? He says, She ain't dead. She just sleep. And they laughed him to scorn. So he threw them out the house. He took in the father and the mother and his disciples and went in with them. Then they saw her lying there. And he took her by the hand and told her to get up. She got up and she ate. Totally raised from the dead. Now, when he came in and saw all these people wailing and carrying on, and he says, why are you going on like this? She's not dead. She's asleep. Huh? Why did he say that? Huh? Because when we die, we sleep. We're going to get up. He said, I am the resurrection. The resurrection is not a time, an event, and a place. It's a person. He said, if I don't show up at the resurrection, it won't be none. Because I am the resurrection and the life. So when that man prayed for his daughter, he believed he received it. And Jesus, out of all the people who were dying that day, grabbed his daughter and held on to her. And so as he's holding on to her, when the symptoms overtake her, she's merely asleep anyway, and he knows it. When the people come and try to get that man to doubt 
And Jesus sees her life slipping out of his hands. He said, "Uh uh-uh, stop. He said, don't be afraid, just believe. And he grabs her again. And so as he's walking to the house with her, he still got the daughter in his hand. But in order for him to deliver something to us on this earth, he's got to see faith in somebody that he can do even that. So the ruler of the synagogue thought he was going out on a limb asking for a healing. But Jesus took him out further. So he had to believe for raising from the dead. Huh? So that at some point down the road in his life, he's converted now. He knows for a certainty Jesus is the Messiah. He ain't got no doubt whatsoever now. And Jesus looks at him and raises this girl up. And this man knows. He said, if I ever see a dead person again, I know exactly what Jesus can do for me. Huh? I will not be afraid anymore of sickness, death, or anything like that. Because Jesus has walked me into my healing and he has not let go of my daughter. He held on to her through my doubt and unbelief. You ever got tired of just asking God for something and say, well, I don't care if I get it or not. And then later on, your faith is revived. Huh? Absolutely. Same thing that happened to this man here. And Jesus knows it will happen to us. Why? Because he bought and paid for healing. He will walk you every step of the way until you get totally healed. Not a little bit, not feeling a little bit better, but totally healed. He owns it. And he owns it with us and we can have it anytime we want to. Amen. While we put on some music, I'll pray for you. If you want to be healed, you want that touch, you're sick of it. You're ready to get rid of it today. This is your day. This is your day. This is your day. Praise God. Praise God. Come and pray.